Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your host, Evan Goldstein, and with me as always is the lovely Karen Randazzo. Those goggles are getting named immediately. And let's see, what kind of adjective do I have here? The splendiferous Chris Randazzo. Not to worry, Agent Callus. The Emperor has sent an alternative solution. We here on this week's episode talk television, and we do get spoilery. So, if you do not want the premiere episode of Lucifer, the most recent episode of The Flash, the premiere episode of You, Me, and the Apocalypse, or the most current episode of Star Wars Rebels spoiled, please stop listening, go check out those shows, and come on back. I promise you it'll be worth your time. So, um, Chris? Yo. How are we doing on Star Wars? We're doing pretty fantastic, Are as we? a matter of fact. Okay, um, good. All right, so last time I spoke about this show, I was a little lukewarm on it. I liked where it was heading, uh, and it headed in a direction I probably wouldn't have seen coming if I didn't already know about it ahead of time from being spoiled. But, all right, so, uh, young Jedi, Aladdin, uh, he's you know, <laughs> I forgot training that to you be a Jedi. I forgot that you named him that. <laughs> And uh, he's uh, he's he's training with Kanan to become a, a Jedi, and you know the show's just kind of episode by episode. And there's this character named Fulcrum in the background who is um like this this informant and part of the whole Rebel Alliance, and and helps them get their missions and provides all this back end support. And uh, eventually, Kanan gets kidnapped, uh, captured, or whatever, and all the rest of the rebels band together to go storm the 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 Empire's base or whatever to try to free Kanan and uh, the Inquisitor is there. The guy played by Jason Isaacs, who was really, he was a pretty, pretty intimidating fellow, uh, pretty badass. They uh, introduced General Tarkin at this point. Uh, if you remember from the original Star Wars movie, General Tarkin was the guy who, you know, you're far too trusting. Uh, Peter Cushing. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, God, I love that guy. Uh, uh, so they go and they fight him, and you know there comes a point where you know Kanan thinks uh, the Inquisitor has uh, has killed uh, Ezra, who is Aladdin, and uh, he kind of goes nuts and like he's he's about to kill the uh, the Inquisitor, and he's like hanging off the edge of this cliff, and actually you know he's not going to kill him. He's all like you know I don't have to kill you, you know come on like come back up the ledge, and the Inquisitor just looks at him and is like. There are some things far more frightening than death, and then he like drops himself into this pit of death and dies, because uh, his boss Tarkin and whatnot has been pretty pissed at him for not finding Kanan and the rest of these rebels by now, because like the Emperor's getting real fed up with these guys, <laughs> like real fed up, and um, so the the you know, they 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 save the day, they save Kanan, they make a big uh, getaway, and uh, they eventually get saved by Fulcrum, who turns out to be Ahsoka Tano. And Ahsoka Tano was uh, Anakin Skywalker's Padawan in Star Wars oh, The Clone Wars. I was going to say that. <laughs> I, I knew that one. You mentioned that earlier. Yeah. I know things. She's all grown up, and she is like, it's it's really cool. She's voiced by the same actress and everything. It is the same so, character. This is the reveal. This is the first time we get to see her and know yes. that it's her. Yeah, this That's is cool. the first time we get to know that it's her. And this is like... This is all the last, like, 30 seconds of the season finale. So we find out that Fulcrum is Ahsoka, and then we find out what the um, Inquisitor was so scared of. 
Now that quote I opened the show with, not to worry, Agent Callus, the Emperor sent an alternative solution. That alternative solution was Darth fucking Vader. Darth yeah. fucking Vader. Dude walks through a door with a handful of uh, stormtroopers, doesn't say a word, just makes the breathing sound, and that's, like, the end of the episode. So, after, like, all of season one being relatively lukewarm... I am now officially pumped. So I jump right into season two and there's this, the the first episode of it is just Vader going after these guys. And he is an unadulterated badass. He is a complete and total mystery. Nobody knows who he is, which is fantastic. I love the way that they have handled Darth Vader in this. It is the way that I wish it's the way that I wish the prequels would have done it where nobody knows who this guy is. Like, not even Ahsoka. Ahsoka is completely baffled by this guy because, like, now they fought an Inquisitor before, and then Darth Vader shows up and he annihilates everybody. They're like, they hijack an, an ATST and start marching it towards him, and he does not give a shit. They drop it on his head, and he does not give a shit. He then picks it up with the force, throws it behind him, and just gets pissed that they get away. Like, he's a fucking tank in this. And everyone's scared to death. They're like, what the heck was that thing? We fought Inquisitors. This is nothing like that. And they're like, no, no. This is a Sith Lord. This is level two shit right here. This is not anything that you have dealt with in the past. This is a fucking Sith Lord. And they portray Vader as so frightening and so powerful. It is awesome. And never to the extent of betraying the character he was in the original movies. Like, he still doesn't move super fast like a ninja or jump around or anything like that. He still has that very methodical and slow fighting style, but he terrifies everybody. And then there's this other great scene where he's talking to a... Um, this Agent Callus guy who's just some, like, you know, general or whatever the fuck who works for the Empire and is all about killing these rebels. And he's, he's talking to him or somebody else, and they're like... All right, so uh, what's our next move, uh, Vader? And he's like, yeah, there was this town um, that's sympathetic to uh, the rebels. Like, oh, you think they're there? He's like, no, but kill them all anyway, just so that they know we're serious. (laughs) I was like, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) And they did. They went over there and they just wiped out the whole town just, just to show off, just to be like, we're not fucking with you guys. You show up anywhere you know. Like It was like that bit in uh, Serenity where, you know, if what they is it? They killed if you're, all the places that they killed all the people at the places that they would have gone to hide. Yeah, if your argument goes to ground, leave, leave no ground to go to. Like there you go. If your quarry nice. goes to ground, your quarry goes to ground. That was it. Yeah, shit got real. Um, so eventually, uh, Vader just kind of gets fed up, and the Emperor kind of calls him back. He's like, "Look, I got more important shit for you to do." So Vader sicks these two Inquisitors on them, uh, and that's kind of where the season's been ever since. Not exactly meandering, but like. It's it is picked up considerably now. Obviously, they're not going to keep Vader on the show at all times because they're voicing him. James Earl Jones is voicing him on the show. Yeah, that's got to get kind of expensive. Yeah, that's that's going to get pricey, <laughs> and the guy's like 150. So I don't know how much energy he's got to do a whole series, but he's definitely going to be back. Because um, one of the things that is that that there's all right, there's a handful of things that are really interesting happening right now. Thing number one is that they uh, Ahsoka sent. Uh, the rebels off to go get uh, a couple of renegade clones that were left over from the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Like these are ones that discovered Order sixty six before it went off and removed the chips from their heads so that they wouldn't betray their Jedi, and they've been living in exile ever since. 
Um, and these are all characters that were on the Clone Wars show. It's like uh, Commander Rex and a couple other uh, guys. So they got Commander Rex. So they have an old, like, like old scruffy crone, cl- uh, crone clone hanging out with them. And um, so he joined their whole team. And there's also the whole thing, like, Ahsoka's trying to figure out who this Sith Lord is. Because she has no idea that it's Anakin. And I'm so curious if they're going to answer that question. Is she going to find out that Vader is Anakin? And, like, how is that going to go? Because well, it's going to be a heartbreaker. It is going to be a heartbreaker oh. if they show it off. Right, right. I'm so curious how they're going to tackle this. Because the question is, since Disney seems to be largely ignoring the prequels, and the Clone Wars never... The Clone Wars cartoon never showed Anakin become Darth Vader. They kind of hinted at him having a future that was clouded in darkness, but they never showed that happen. I wonder if this show, which takes place before the first Star Wars movie, is going to spoil that, or if they're going to do do something a little bit more clever where she realizes who he is, and we know that she knows who he is, but we never like really get it flat out told to us, so it doesn't necessarily spoil the big reveal the big reveal that Anakin is Darth Vader. But okay. Oh, think so, of it uh, think of it from a perspective of the fact Vader that they're Anakin. ignoring exactly. the prequels that hasn't been spoiled. I got what you're saying. Okay. Exactly. Like that's one of my big biggest complaints about the prequel movies in general. I wrote a whole thing on Geekade about things that I think Disney should do with the Star Wars franchise. It's the rantings of a lunatic. But um one of the th- one of the biggest problems I have with the prequels, especially being what they are. They're labeled episodes one, two, and three, insinuating that they should be watched in this numerical order. But if you watch those movies, that ruins the moment. Mm-hmm. Like that moment is if you're a kid and you have watched episodes one, two, and three, and you see Anakin become Darth Vader and you know the whole time that he's Luke's father, that scene is just like, okay, whatever. It could but actually if you be don't cut out of that, the movie. Exactly. But if you don't know that, then that scene's incredible. And I I love the fact that they're they seem to be doing some mythology that doesn't flat out spoil that. And um I, I hope that that's the direction that they stick with. I hope that they never flat out say that he was Anakin Skywalker on this show. And I'm really curious what the outcome is gonna be when Ahsoka and Vader eventually face off, because we know it's going to happen this season. It's been in the promotional uh, images for the end of this season is him and her crossing lightsabers. Mm-hmm. And she is a complete freaking badass, by the way. Like, she was pretty badass on the old show, but she was a Padawan. Mm-hmm. She is, like, killer in this in this show. And she's pretty distinctive. If when he meets up with her, he's going to know who she is. He is. They've, they know that she's out there. And oh, they okay. keep referring to her the same way they referred to Luke as the son of Skywalker. They keep referring to her as An- uh, as Anakin Skywalker's Padawan. Okay. Never my Padawan. Like, they're going very out of their way to treat it as if Darth Vader really feels like he is a different person than he was when he was Anakin Skywalker. Just like they did in the original movies exactly. where um, um, Obi-Wan was like, yeah, he killed your father. Yeah. So did did Clone Wars, the cartoon series, negate the prequels as well? No, no, it it fit in with them. Uh, It was just, it all took place between episodes two and three. And it, 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 so much stuff happened and so much actual good character development happened with Anakin that 
episode three now feels very disjointed. Uh, if you if you really take all that stuff as canon, which it you. is, it's just Anakin becomes a, a relatively likable and strong character in that show. He's not whiny. Right. He's he's he kind of turns into somebody that you would believe could turn into Darth Vader, uh, just from being seduced by the dark side. Like he's got some anger management issues, but he's a Jedi. Like he's a Jedi through and through, and a very well respected and very powerful Jedi. And um. Yeah, it it does kind of make uh, the horrid, putrid, unlikable <laughs> snot stain that he is in uh, the the Hayden Christensen version really it just just not believable. Gotcha. Clone Wars gets right what some of the things that the movies, the prequels, got wrong, right? It really does. It, it's I mean, it's one of the things you have to pay attention to about it is that it's still it is still a kids show, but. The way it answers certain questions, the way it fills in certain plot holes, uh, is is really smart. They did a whole bit. I think I mentioned it on our show before, where they they explained the cave uh, on Dagobah. They explained how um, Yoda was able to communicate, like you know, the the Force ghosts and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. They they right. explained all of that business, and they did it really well. And and they they built such a cool mythology. They they managed to revive Darth Maul. Um, and by revive, I mean, like, he never actually died in the first place. He was just cut in half. It's true. Apparently his species can survive with only half a body. Um, there you go. And that, that was really answer. cool. That was a really, <laughs> really cool storyline with him. Because by that point, uh, you know, Sidious had taken on Tyrannus, or Count Dooku, as his um, pupil, as his, as his uh, apprentice or whatever. And so Darth Maul's just out there as this sort of, like, other Sith Lord... <laughs> Who Freelance Sith Lord. <laughs> yeah, like he's out for his own thing. He be- essentially becomes a space pirate and teams up with his brother. And then you have this other character who really wanted to be a Sith Lord named Ventress. But, you know, Count Dooku showed up and uh, <laughs> she can't take him on. And they there were some really, really well choreographed fights with them. Anyway, Star Wars uh, Rebels has been really, really... Con- it's been really solid ever since. Like there's some characters that have... I feel a little outdated now. There was this giant fuzzy creature character who was really mean and gruff in the original season, and he's taken kind of a backseat a lot this season, I think, because they don't really know what to do with him. But right. they have this Mandalorian character named uh, Sabine, who has been pretty interesting. Uh, she's a Mandalorian girl who her family was part of one sect, and then she uh, kind of broke off with them and ran away from home because they were all a bunch of ass faces or whatever. And, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 all interesting stuff. It's got a really good cast. Uh, the 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 cast is this is doing uh, what what episode seven did really well is appealing to everybody. Like two of the main characters are girls. Like there's the Jedi characters who are uh, Aladdin and um, uh, what's his face Jason Biggs. And uh, when they when they built Aladdin's lightsaber, it was a really really cool lightsaber because it's a lightsaber that's also a blaster. <laughs> Nice. It was really, really cool. He pulls he pulls out his lightsaber uh, to to like do something, and they're still trying to hide to the general people that they're Jedi. Like Jedi are supposed to be extinct, so they're hiding the fact that they're Jedi as often as possible. And Ezra pulls out his lightsaber. He's like, "No, no, no! You can't use that here." And he's like, "No, no, I got this!" And he starts shooting out of it. And Kanan just looks at him like, "Man, why not just do that?" <laughs> nice. 
So yeah, if you're if you're a Star Wars fan, I definitely recommend Star Wars Rebels, and I definitely recommend like reading cliff notes for all of season one because really nothing of any major importance happens in season one. It's decent enough entertaining kids show like one off monster of the week episodes, but the mythology doesn't really hit home until that season one finale. And then all of season two is just, it's been solid. It's been really good stuff. Good, 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 good. I'm glad, I'm glad that star Wars is having a resurgence of good stuff, not just a resurgence of stuff. There was a time there where they just kept shoveling out stuff. And that included television shows and, and movies and comics. And it was just, stuff with the the title star wars in it it's it's about time that they started taking it seriously and doing a good job of it so that we all you know our kids and our kids kids can actually appreciate it as much as we did yeah it's it's great brand preservation because i mean i think of the kids that grew up with episode one and think it's great they're gonna look back at star wars episode one when they're older the same way that we look at thundercats like that stuff that it doesn't age well. No. Like it's great when you're a little kid, but when you're older, you look at Jar Jar Binks and think, "Oh man, I used to think Jar Jar Binks was great." And then you look at him like, "Snarf, Isa sucks. He's a stupid." <laughs> but we still look back at the original Star Wars movies, both with nostalgia and still very watchable because yes. they're good movies. Yes. And that's why I like seeing uh, Star Wars. That's what I like. That direction is heading in now. Perfectly put, sir. Absolutely perfect. All right, so we took care of some Star Wars. Let's talk Flash. All right. We have to pace ourselves because, as we said, a lot of shit happened in this episode. Yes, a lot (laughs) of shit happened in this episode. Um, I'm really glad to get the chance to talk about this um, this week as my show. Uh, I feel like uh, um, there, uh, there are some shows that I'm the only person on this podcast that uh, watches them and if I don't talk about them then we don't talk about them and so that means sometimes I feel like I miss an opportunity to talk about something else that you guys like and I like but I, you know I've got to do something else so somebody else takes it so I'm glad I get to talk about Flash this week because I love Flash it's like one of my favorite shows that's on right now <laughs> otherwise and, known as the Cisco Ramon show oh God. <laughs> he's so my favorite he's so my favorite um yeah, there was a lot of shit. I don't. I'm not trying to say that it was too much, though. I think they did a good job getting everything into this episode. I just felt like every time someone told Barry about another problem, he just kind of went, "Holy Jesus, what oh, next? sweet baby Christ!" Like, okay, <laughs> something else. So, did it feel uh, like a longer episode to you? It didn't even feel long. It just felt. I'm not. I'm not full. saying that it was long. Like I felt like it was like. An end of a season episode where maybe they threw on an extra half hour to it. Yeah, I felt like like it was a bigger episode. So much information. So much. But anyhow. So we'll start with like the thing I care the least about, which is Iris. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Iris and Wally saying goodbye to their dying mother, which I don't care because she's basically a plot device that they use to bring Wally onto the show show fine whatever good i guess i guess they're gonna do something cool with wally west and that's great um but you do know that wally west in the comics is another flash yeah no can you tell me more stuff than it because this whole car racing bullshit kind of upsets me (laughs) just throwing that out there (laughs) i I know that wally west is one of the comic book flashes just like uh 
what's his face that I can't think of his name from Earth 2. He's Flash. Jay yeah. Garrick. Jay Garrick. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I knew that too. Um, I think that this, this story, though, did... Um, it illustrates something that this show does really, really well, I think, which is not creating unnecessary drama. Uh, the Wests are just really good at being mature and handling tough conversations the way reasonable, pe- reasonable people would. There, there are other shows that would just take something like, you know, these resentment issues that Iris has about her mother and she's dying and they would like string them out. And make it a whole episode or, you know, have people blow up and not talk about their feelings and walk away and just make a whole bunch of shit that I would just, like, roll my eyes at. But I feel like every time something serious comes up in this family that they just deal with it. And they are reasonable and they talk to each other and they respect each other's, like, points of view. And nobody blows anything out of proportion. And, you know, they just deal with it and move on and i really like how this show does that with a lot of like serious things Mm -hmm. i agree with that there's very little time wasted with bullshit in this show Mm -hmm. so it's always a good thing with a superhero show because there's the ability to focus on the minutiae of like the real people like the humans Mm -hmm. and they don't do that everybody gets equal time and it's all paced out very very well you know, in contrast, we've got Oliver's secret kid on fucking Arrow. <laughs> like, that's the that's a good example of the type of thing that's like, this is a waste of my time because all you're going to do is, like, keep this a secret and create a lot of drama around it and then it's going to blow up and everyone's going to get upset and all for no good fucking reason. So, Agreed. Um, but yeah, I agree that this <clears throat> show is not wasting our time. Um I actually wrote that for our, uh, the the next thing, which is um, Caitlin looking for Jay Garrick's double or doppelganger. Um, she it's has one of my this favorite I- words, by the way. <laughs> it's a good word. It's got the nice the double P and the two G's. Um, so Caitlin has this idea that if they can find his Earth One doppelganger, that they can harvest healthy cells to replace his dying cells with, and it'll make him better. And it will make it so critical that uh, the Flash has to beat Zoom to, in order for him to get his speed back and save his life. Um, and again, this is, you know, she tries to do it on her own and she can't figure it out. And she talks to Barry and Barry's like incredibly sensible advice is talk to Jay. <laughs> and she does. Holy shit. <laughs> like, what show are we why? Like, it's 2016, and how many shows on TV do stuff like this? Is like, this actually TV? <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, and, and then his explanation brings closure to the whole story. We don't spend, like, four, four episode arc, like, Caitlin secretly looking for Jay's double and not being able to find him, and, like, uh, it adds more importance to, you know, Barry having to beat Zoom now that it's the, o- like, kind of proven the only way to save Jay. And, you know, we just don't waste time on things that aren't going to pan out. It shows that the writers have, like, thought things out. They're like, all right, we came up with this character. He has this problem. How many different ways can we think of to solve this problem? And then let's make sure we explain that the other ways aren't going to work Let's treat our audience with some respect and, like, not, you know, give them the option of thinking of things that, like, might have worked, but we didn't talk about it or, you know, whatever. Right. They, they don't – it's not 
weak. Like right. it, it's actually explained at the fact that his the you know the, the healthy cells are not the same cells, so it's not going to work. And I mean, if you think about it, it, you could debunk it, but you don't have to because right, there's it always makes the other enough out. sense. <laughs> right, it makes enough sense. Yeah, the writers really have their shit together. And you know, let's not forget the fun connection between Zoom and Jay's Earth One doppelganger. Which was that his name was? Oh, that's right. You told me that, and I forgot. To yeah. Explain it. Explain it for the nice people. I don't know if uh, this is gonna turn into something, or if it was just a cute little Easter egg that they were playing with. But Jay's Earth One doppelganger's name was, I think, a. Uh, I know the last name is Zolomon. I can't remember. Hunter I think it's Hunter Zolomon. Hunter Zolomon, who, if I'm not mistaken, is Zoom's real name in the comic books. Could be. I'm not as. You know, flu- uh, fluid? No. Fluent. Fluent. In, in, Well-versed. In, in uh, Flash lore. But I'm going to look it up right I, now. I'm in the sure, process. But I'm pretty sure. I am in the process the of looking it up right now. All <laughs> right. Well, I'm, I'm going to talk about Patty Spivak uh, love, while you guys I do love that. that. girl. Y- you She's, do? I, she is one of my favorites on that show. See, I, I mean, I like her. I don't mind her, but like, I'm not in love with her, and it didn't bother me that she left. Like, I was like, okay. She's the only, like, she's the only pseudo girlfriend on a television show that has sense about her. She's definitely smart. <laughs> yeah, I, I dug her. I mean, and for once in my life, I kind of understood why Barry was okay with letting her go. I didn't like the plan, but I mean, I, it I made never sense. liked that theory of I can't be happy to protect my loved yeah. ones. I never yeah. liked that. That and bothers by the way, me too. Hunter Zolomon, according to the DC database wiki, is Zoom. Indeed. Well, there so, you go. Dun, dun, dun. Fun little fact for you. So we have no idea o- if that's what they're going to do, but hey. <laughs> Here's my other problem with Barry keeping his uh, Flash identity secret from Patty. <laughs> she knows it's bullshit. Well, <laughs> okay, that's another one. This this is my specific issue. Okay. Uh, Barry can sometimes be so cavalier about revealing his identity. Like, we've seen him do it on The Flash, and he, like, just, you know, sh- mentions it or shows up or drops some, like, clue to somebody who, when there's somebody in the room who didn't know, and he's like, oh, oh, oh that's right, you didn't know. Oh, I'm the Flash. Like, it's that's <laughs> happened a couple of times for comedy's sake. And now all of a sudden he's being, like, super, like, secretive and protective of her and, like, just pick a lane, Barry. Like, <laughs> there was a full episode where he was, like, he convinced everybody, I'm going to tell her, I'm going to tell her. And in the last four seconds of the episode, he said, no, I'm not going to tell her. Yeah. Like... Dude, come on now. Um, well, I mean, at that point, I got it because she said, I'm going to leave to go to college to go. I'm going to go do something I've always wanted to do in my life. And he was like, if I tell her now, she's going to stay, stay for me. Yeah. Why? And why does he automatically assume that? I don't know. It seemed to make sense to me. <laughs> yeah. Actually, like, when you pick it apart like that, it doesn't make sense. To me, the problem is... Um, Telling her your identity is not why you can't be with her. It is not why, um, what did I say? It's not why, yeah. <laughs> Wait, not telling? Keeping her safe is not why she can't know. She can know he's the Flash. 
Keeping her safe is why he can't be with her. He should still tell her. That's what I think. Like, regardless... She is a police officer on a special task force against metahumans. Who has the, who has officially figured it out and was beating herself for up for not figuring it out sooner? She and is calling Barry on his shit. She saved him from King Shark, and that's fine. So, like, tell her. I think we're all in agreement. Why doesn't he tell her? If yeah. like, but separate the issue. Like, like there's there's two separate issues: whether he should tell her and whether they should stay together. And, like, if he doesn't think it's a good idea for them to stay together because it'll put her in danger, that's one thing. But, like, whether or not she knows, that doesn't affect whether or not she's safe. Well, that's been always been a comic book thing. Uh, Everybody who knows my secret identity is in danger. And that stemmed with Batman. And I think that's, but that's, I think, you know, I've always disagreed with that. But it's really more not about who knows. It's who does the villain know knows and if he if she's not in his life if like nobody knows if if she's not the flash's girlfriend then she's not at risk the villain doesn't have to know she knows Mm -hmm. if they're not together so that's what that that's what bothered me about that but uh, you know again i thought it was good resolution to that their story and i like the way it ended with both of them knowing what's going on and, and why so He'll kind of what? a douchey move, though, to make the phone call, like to make him worry like that and jump to action. Or well, run I don't know. I saw through it. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I everybody the same, saw through it. The only person that didn't see time, through it was she, knew, she knew it was no big deal, and she confronted him on it. She was like, "I'm a fucking cop. I know you're the Flash. Just admit it to me." And he was like, "No, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm Flash, totally different guy." It's just like you know what. Fuck you. Like, <laughs> Exa- yeah, exactly. At that point, like, she deserves to know. And, like, if she's got to, like, make him run out and catch train, then. And I get it. That was his that was his point. He wanted her to hate him so that she would just move on with her life. And it's such a dumbass move. Like, ugh, that move makes me mad. But, it's, yeah, but it's... I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't fault her for making that phone call. Like, she was just like, come on. Come on. You're seriously going to tell me. Come on. And I I don't feel like there's that many instances where, like, the guy, the superhero, and it is usually a guy. I don't know why I just refrained from using the gender term there. But it usually the guy refuses to, like, tell the girl who he is to keep her safe. And the girl figures it out. Like, that never happens. Yeah. And then usually- this girl is just like, so I did, like, 15 minutes of police work and realized, <laughs> oh, shit, you're the Flash. <laughs> I did know. I did say that though when we were watching, it was like, okay, excellent use of police resources on your personal like quest there. <laughs> she is on a task force against metahumans. That's her job. However, Barry needs to be more careful. Yes, he does. He does. <laughs> uh, so Cisco. Oh, we're jumping into Cisco. Okay. Cisco. Cisco uh, Food Services. No, don't. You're going to give me flashbacks to my restaurant days. Oh, Cisco's true powers have been revealed, and I am super happy. You know I what mean, made I'm me not... happy about them? What? The goddamn sunglasses. He got <laughs> a pair of sunglasses. Those goggles are getting named immediately. <laughs> you don't, you made, that was his thing. Vibe's thing, always wearing shades. Have you um... seen an image of what Vibe actually looks like in the comics yet? 
Nope. Oh, you don't want you. Yeah. Okay. Continue. <laughs> I'm I'm wondering how they're going to use these powers with him going forward. Notice how I didn't say in the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. Because, I, I don't know, somebody having somebody on the team who can see the future seems a little too close to having an all-powerful character. And, you know, that's why everybody hates Superman, because he's all-powerful. And that makes him boring. So, uh, so I worry about, like, oh, well, Cisco can just see the future and we'll just, you know, fix it. But, you know, they've thrown this uh, wrench into the works with uh, changing the timeline based on his vision. So... Uh, so I guess that'll limit the amount that he can use those powers. I okay with the the illness that happened. I guess I guess uh-huh. is the best way to pull. Do you think it was because of the timeline or what or what uh, Wells was doing to him? I, I, they are playing that that um, Earth Two Harry really right on the line there. Like it's tough to tell. I think it was because of the timeline. I just think it was. Very ridiculous how they figured that out. Okay. I I mean, obviously he Harry was being all kinds of nefarious when he was the oh there was a lot of nefariousness going on. (laughs) But then when Cisco started to phase or whatever the hell they were calling that, like he was genuinely upset. Okay. He was genuinely like Barry, you have to go. You know, do what you got. But you know that could have been that. It could have been an act that was part of his plan to, you know, I don't know, whatever, beat Zoom or I like get his Tom daughter Ka- back. Tom Cavanaugh. He is a good I, actor. I also think that we're starting to see, like, I, I don't think that, I don't think he really wants to, when he first got to Earth 1, he was all, you know, I don't give a shit about any of you people. I think he's really starting to like Cisco. Yeah. Like, I think he's starting to, they're really developing a kind of mentor relationship there. i I feel like he's very reluctantly doing any of this stuff at this point, but he's too afraid that he's going to lose his daughter, and he doesn't still doesn't feel like he can trust anyone but himself to actually get it done. But I don't know. I don't know where this is going. I would really like to see them save the daughter sooner rather than later to take that card off the table. Yeah. I, I would... feel like this. it would be more interesting if we could see where Earth 2 Harry's like, loyalties really lie. Yeah, and I mean we're going to Earth too at some point. Like I and think two uh, episodes, I think from yeah. now. I, we're rec- I should tell the listeners we're recording this on Tuesday night, so the episode we're talking about is actually now two episodes in the past by the time you hear this. Um, so it'll be next week by the time you hear this that they're going to Earth too. Okay, <laughs> I had to do the math there for a second. <laughs> I know it's tough. <laughs> um, so yeah, and and then we had Reverse Flash come back. Um, which I I think the most important thing about that to me was Barry's restraint and, you know, the fact that he didn't take revenge because of the timeline mm. and and uh, how much uh, strength of character that showed for him. It, that, yes, I agree with you. But I also noted that the whole timeline shit that they deal with is bullshit because... Okay. Fawn should be gone. No matter when he is traveling, his great 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 grandson is dead. He should <laughs> not exist. Except that they're in a timeline where Barry's mom is still dead, and if he never existed, then Barry's mom 
would still be alive, but she can't still be alive because if she was still alive, then all the other events wouldn't have happened, and Barry's dad would probably never have gone to jail, and then he wouldn't have been in with the Wests the way that he was, and everything would have changed. And what smells like copper? <laughs> that's... <laughs> that's I stole call... that joke. What? Yeah, that's what I we mean... call a paradox. <laughs> You, and you can't look at a time travel story too closely or your head will explode. It's the only wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Timey wimey. Thank you, Stephen Moffat. Like, so many people <laughs> give him shit for that. But you know what? You don't need to understand everything. Like, just go with it. It's Back a story. Back to the Future is the only one that got it right. Anyhow. <laughs> what the hell? Oh, they just did that on uh, on that. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow yeah. with the wedding ring disappearing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's the Back to the Future thing. Yay. So, so yeah, um, The Flash, a lot of stuff happened, but I feel like it was all good stuff, and uh, it's set us up to go some cool, interesting places, wrapped up some stuff that, like, could have taken forever, but thank you, the writers are sparing us from any, like, dumb, unnecessary drama, and, uh, and uh, I'm ready, I want to take on Zoom and go to Earth 2 and kick his ass. Mm-hmm. We got to see Tina McGee again, which I, I always like seeing her. Oh, Pays. yeah, yeah, yeah. She just reminds me of the original Flash show. And I was like, oh, that's right. Was she on that too? Yes. She, okay. I guess her, the best reference, she was like the Caitlyn Snow. Okay. Or a cross between Caitlyn and, and uh, Wells. Because she was the head scientist. But sort of, I don't know. But yes, she was in the original with the father who played Flash. With uh, Dawson's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Good old Mitch Leary. <laughs> well, there you go. Some good stuff out of the Flash. Uh, really, really good episode. Um, okay, my turn. Uh, Lucifer. Um, I the hell you say? I say, I started watching this because a, a I just did a re- a review on paper cuts of a Lucifer comic, which is a, out of the Sandman run and. <clears throat> that's another topic for another podcast but it is about the show is about what happens when the devil decides to take a vacation so this show revolves around lucifer morningstar satan played by tom ellis um he is the devil on vacation in la if i'm not mistaken that's where the story takes place and as close as you could get to hell on earth. Exactly. Um, Clearly, I, you've never been to Texas. <laughs> I can't get a read on him yet because I still have all the, the back information from the comic series that I don't know if this is taken from. Um, but it's it's Lucifer who is running a, you know, a, a bar, a very trendy spot. And just him getting into mischief. And it appears that this show is going to be him helping a police officer solve crimes. <laughs> like, I'm putting it very, very simply. But what ends up happening, uh, Lucifer's chilling out in his bar. And uh, Andy Sipowitz and Satan team up to solve crime. <laughs> it was like the buddy cop comedy of the it's, century. It's just shy of a buddy cop show. Um, Lucifer's chilling out in his bar. Uh, he gets he he has um 
was Mackenzie or Mazkeen. It's like his bartender is one of his acolytes from hell. And she's like, I don't know what you're doing here. You really need to get back to hell. I mean, we we have to stop <laughs> fucking around. Shit. And he's all like, bitch, don't tell me what to do. It's just shot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's like I, listen. I'm having a good time. Leave me alone. She's like, have you seen Supernatural? Crowley's just going going crazy. He's taking over. He calls himself the king. The 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 vibe is sort of brought down when Amandale, uh, who is appears to be an angel of the Lord, comes down to tell Lucifer, "Listen, you really need to go back to hell." And Satan, Lucifer. Pretty much tells him to go to hell. I'm going to do what I want. You can't tell me what to do. What's he going to do? Send me to hell? Uh. So there's there's a lot of tension between him and that angel. And, they, you know, you get a couple of good wing shots. And it's, it's well done. A young woman, a starlet, comes into his bar. And it was apparently someone that used to work for him. And he helped her get her start. And you know they have this bond, and I and it. Lucifer play or Lucifer plays so smarmy and charming at the same time so well. I can't tell if I like him or not. He has this air about him where everybody just confesses like their deepest desires to him, whether they want to or not. So he knows this. And it's like a power he has over people. So he's sitting there with this girl and, you know, he's like, you really, you know, she's like, did I sell my soul to you for my, you know, my stardom? And he's like, no, not really. I mean, I helped you out. I did what you can. She's like, do I owe you anything? You you only owe me one thing. And that's all I'm going to ask from you is that's get your life together. Do what you need to do. Get straight and, and succeed. And there was a little touching moment. And right at that touching moment. She gets shot and killed out in the street while she's hu- hugging Lucifer, um, which in turn, he is shot like six times as well, but he's immortal. So he confronts the gunman and he gets the information that, you know, there was a hit put out on her. And the rest of the episode is Lucifer hunting down the person that put the hit out on her. And it turns out it's her uh, ex-fiance or something like that. Like, she left a guy at the altar. It was, like, her agent. And she's tied into, like, this underground world where she she was dating a rap star. And and that whole thug life on one side and and the the stardom of, of music and movies on the other side. And the whole time this is all going on, there's, um... I'm trying to remember the woman's name, but there is a, a woman who is like just a, a young cop, a young female cop trying to prove herself. And she once was an actress that did like this amazing boob scene that everybody knows her for. So she's living that down. And she and Lucifer team up and solve the crime. Like, I. <laughs> I don't. I, I get it. I understand what they're going for, but I, I, I don't. I don't want to see Lucifer be nice. Is that wrong? Like, if I, if I'm watching a show based around Satan, I want him to be like evil and and real douchebaggy. 
not a, he's like a nice guy in this show. That, yeah, doesn't, I, that doesn't track. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't I don't make know s- about making a show where Satan's likable. It, that's what they're they're doing. They're really pushing for I him mean, to be likable. I mean, if he's likable, he has yeah. to be like evil likable. Exactly. He's got to be like a shithead. He can't be like he's uh, he's got to be charming as fuck. But that, he, he can't be sympathetic. That and there's the, he doesn't even to- like he, he he spent the entire episode trying to right a wrong. And that doesn't play out for me. Nope. I mean, granted, nope. within the episode, there's like <laughs> they're trying to get information from um, the girl's therapist, played by Rachel Harris. Do you, do you know who that is? Ed Harris's female counterpart. Yes, you would recognize yes. her. But she is she's a a therapist, so she's like, no, I'm not giving you any information. And then Lucifer's like, let me ask her. And he's like, all right. We can have, like, cuddles, sexy time if you just give me the information. And she spills the information. And by the end of the episode, they're shagging. I'm like, I, what? I don't understand the show. <laughs> I don't, you keep making lefts when I think you're going right. And it's not, it's not a, ooh, what a twist. It's like, that doesn't make sense. I, I, I may give it another episode or two to see. If they straighten themselves out, because there's a you know it was it was a pilot episode, so they had to dump a lot of backstory to get the whole thing rolling. Um, I I hope that they, I hope that they make him worse. Like I hope, I've never wanted. I've never actually said I wanted the the lead character of a television show to be evil, and with the name Lucifer, he he needs to be for me to continue watching this show. So yeah, it needs to be what what you see on the tin. Yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. I um, I don't want no twists. I don't want no. It's not. He's not a hooker with a heart of gold. That's not <laughs> what Satan is. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm hesitant to judge any show on its pilot alone. Um, but you know there are some cases where that I've turned out to uh, that that should have turned out to be what I did because. Some some shows just don't get better. So uh. the the supporting cast is not that great. Um, I mean they're, they're recognizable people, but nobody is like Lucifer is so over the top smarmy and charming at the same time that nobody can compete. But he's not. He shouldn't be Lucifer. Like maybe like if he was just a demon from hell. Yeah, yeah, I could buy I see that. that better. But he's not. He's. <laughs> He's Morningstar. He's the fall, first fallen angel. He should really have a huge chip on his shoulder. I don't know. Maybe I'll check in in a couple of weeks, let you know if it changes at all, or just say that if I watched it or not. So, uh, all right. With that, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk some You, Me, and the Apocalypse. Well, stay tuned. We have a new recap series. GeekAid's newest writer, Trish Reyes, tackled the long, 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 long awaited return of the Venture Brothers. Where are all the characters now? How are Hank and Dean dealing with city life? What's going on with the Guild of Calamitous Intent? Check out the Spoiler Brothers, Episode 1, Hostile Makeover, to find out. Go Team Spoiler! The imbibing scribe is back, and he's brought another flights of fancy with him. The East Coast recently got hit with some serious snow, and snow means shoveling. And shoveling means back pain. 
and nothing helps with back pain better than booze. Behold Hunter Wilde's beers of choice to pair with shoveling snow in the imbibing scribe, Hunter Wilde's Flights of Fancy 2. Did you know that Stephen King's Misery is now a Broadway show? Did you know that it stars Bruce Willis? Did you know that it's kind of... weird? Aaron Abamondi takes us through the history of Stephen King's classic story and all of its various adaptations, leading up to its latest incarnation on the stage. Head over to the Think Tank and check out Misery, from pen to screen to stage. There are fake legs. Geek Aid's Samantha Ahern spends a lot of time on cosplay. What if you don't have a lot of time? Or money? Or even talent? How can folks like me proudly display our nerd love? Fortunately, there are a lot of options, and Samantha breaks a few of them down in easily digestible bites. Check out Fashion for Your Fandom, Rock 2016 in Geek Style, available in the Think Tank. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at ecade.com. And we're back. Thank you for paying attention to our commercials. Uh, So let's get into some You, Me, and the Apocalypse. Okay, this show is about a group of, well, what they say is 15 people. Uh, We haven't met all 15 of them who are in some sort of bunker at the end of the world. The show starts off with an introduction to one of the characters where he is explaining really briefly on what's going on, that there is a meteor plummeting to Earth, and they are in a bunker underneath London, and they are probably going to be the only ones saved. The show then fantastically jumps back 34 days, And then we get introduced to the rest of the cast. We have a banker, a prisoner, a priest, a nun. Am I missing anybody else? Who else is main? There were two prisoners, technically. Yeah, okay, that's technically two prisoners. Um, And I think the banker's buddy is involved, but we haven't really seen him much. But I think he's in the bunker there with them. All right. Well, I don't even know the banker's name. Was it Gavin? think so okay let's say gavin the banker apparently he is being watched by the police because it's jamie oh that's right yes it's jamie it's I jamie mean, i'm i am really trying to to gather information okay yeah that's one that has an image okay so jamie and okay yeah uh jamie's being watched by the police because the police feel that he is a cyber terrorist so they're trying to gather information on him and once the the show bounces back that 34 days he apparently is the most boring human being ever only to be countered by his wacky crazy roommate we see the 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 relationship that's there he heads off to work and apparently it's his birthday and whilst at work his mom swings by to drop off you know some a card and some balloons and that's when the police can't take it anymore and they arrest him for Cyber terrorism. Because they're bored of watching this boring guy. (laughs) They were literally bored into action. What was the only thing I really liked about his character was that he kept a video blog of the days that have passed since he lost (laughs) his wife. Now, I'm not, that's not, I'm not exaggerating. Like they went on their honeymoon. They, They were together. They got married, were together for two weeks. On their way back home at the airport, he lost her. 
And that apparently was 2,000-something days ago. So he doesn't know. He's hoping that his wife is still I think alive. It was seven years, something like that. Sure, seven years. I just remember him saying the, the video blog was 2,000, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so he's still hoping beyond hope that his wife is still alive and that she's going to find these and, I don't know, try to contact him in some way. We then flash over to another character in the story who is one of the prisoners, and that's, um, what's her name? Jenna Fisher from Jenna the Fisher office. Jenna Fisher from The Office, right. She, play, she plays Rhonda, who is a librarian who has been arrested for cyber terrorism as well, because apparently she broke into uh, a governmental facility digitally, didn't steal anything, and got caught. Uh, it turns out later in her story that she is protecting her son, who is 14 years old. He's the one who actually did it, so she's taking the brunt of it. Uh, she is locked up. She's the fresh meat in a prison, and we find out that she's the fresh meat because just like in stereotypical form, they walk her down you know, the hallway, and all the prisoners are catcalling at her, calling her new meat, and blah, blah, blah. We find out that there are um, you know, tribes, if you will. Uh, apparently, it's the skinheads and the Puerto Ricans, and that's it. I saw no other nationalities, genders, races, none of that. It was just those two. And they're pretty much fighting over her, who gets to keep her. Um, she's under the impression that she's going to get out of prison right away. So she is confronted by some of the inmates, and all of a sudden she's notified that her lawyer is here, and the confrontation ends with her flipping off both troops, only to be told that her lawyer can't get her out, so she's going to be stuck in there. Bum, bum, bum. Mm. Awkward. That moment of that character where she flipped everybody off, I wanted to see more of that of her. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't really care for the meek, frightened, mild character that she was. But the fact that she was in there protecting her son like showed that showed me that she was a strong person. And then she did that, showed me she had some personality, and I want to see more of that from her. Because I right. love Jenna Fisher. I just I want to like her more on the show. And it, that the character did go back and forth because there were points in time where she was confronting one um the the one of the skidheads and she like she had some chutzpah about her but mm -hmm. she then quickly turned tail and it was like i don't know do uh did you know who the other the the blonde uh i guess white supremacist inmate yeah. was do you did you know who that was yes i don't remember her name right now she was from um Will and Grace. Yeah, um, it's Megan Mullally, Me and she oh. is nigh unrecognizable in this role. <laughs> That's when... <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> they did is, put in some really bad fake teeth, gave her really bad skin, and for like half the episode, she had a swastika sharpied on her forehead. And she is just <laughs> like, you know, her voice is different. She, She's never nice played a draw. character yeah. Yeah. like this before. It's just like, it, it's really an incredible transformation. And when I saw her, I want, I was expecting comedy because she's a very funny actress. Mm -hmm. I didn't find her that funny. I didn't I find even... a lot of this very funny. <laughs> yeah, same here. I didn't really, I was interested. I, I was enjoying the show, but I did not think this was a funny comedy. And which was misleading because the trailer and or commercials that I watched for the show led me to believe that this would be a laugh riot. It was not. No. no um, it was not. 
who else we got? We got uh, the Italy contingent. The Italy contingent. Very nice. Very well put. Um, we have a nun uh, who goes to <laughs> the Vatican to become part of the devil's advocate. Now, you may not know this. I mean, if you're not Catholic, I can understand you not knowing this, but there is a very little known task force at the Vatican that <laughs> that goes around pretty much trying to disprove saintly actions for those that are being canonized to be saints. <sighs> I mean, this was a, this was a hell of a stretch. Okay, it was a hell of a stretch. Father Jude runs this sect of the Catholic faith, and it's played by Rob Lowe. The only part of the show that I got what I expected was Rob Lowe being Rob Lowe. Um, not, not the grinder, but he was Rob Lowe. Quite. Uh, he, he hires, I honestly, I don't even remember the other nun's name. Sister Celine. Celine, who he hires her because she, she pretty much stands up to him. Um, she is a very meek woman who pretty much spent her entire life in a convent and she is she's brought she she goes for the interview because apparently she needs they they need someone who can speak multiple languages and she learned how to speak i think five languages while at the convent so you know because i like this detail about her she didn't like anybody in the convent so she all she she just spent all her time alone reading yes (laughs) yes (laughs) i like that the idea that of a nun who doesn't like anybody she she does stand up to rob lowe and that you know that draws her to him or him to her. So he hires her, and that's when pretty much he he, atta- he he offers her the job, and she's not sure if she's going to take it. And he says, go out and think about it. Think about what, what, what the big guy would say. And she goes out, and she starts walking the streets to decide or to, to, to mull it over, and she's asking God for a sign. And as she's asking God for a sign, that's when the news breaks about this meteor that has changed trajectory and is now going to crash into Earth in 34 days. And immediately following that announcement, everybody goes nuts, starts looting, pillaging um, the White Horse, which is the actual cyber terrorists, break, you know, open up the jail to get Rhonda out for some reason. And the leader of the White Horse is the twin brother... (laughs) Holy shit! What a convoluted story. Is the twin brother of the 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 banker guy? The banker guy, twin brother or doppelganger? Uh-huh. Ah, bring him back around. I see. I see what you did there. <laughs> uh, that's why they had Jamie under surveillance because they thought it was him, and, and- he was adopted, but he didn't know. Um, and his mother never told him. So, you know, that's how he was able to have a twin that he didn't know about. And on top of that, it seems that his twin brother, Ariel, stole his wife. Yes. So, because the police had a uh, photo and evidence of the two of them together. Right. So that was enough of a sign for her. She goes back to Rob Lowe, takes the job, and that's pretty much where the episode ends. I did watch a preview for the next episode, so I'm hopeful because it seems to be a little more lighthearted, which is what this show needs to be. This show needs to be funny, and this episode was not. It really does need to be funnier because I'll tell you what, like, 
I mean, this, you know, comet or meteor hitting the Earth, it's not a new idea. There's a shit ton mm-hmm. of movies and stuff out there about it. But, like, it, it strikes me as, you know, something that could actually happen. And if it did end the world, that's a pretty scary idea, a pretty, uh, you know, uncomfortable reality for me to think about. So if you're going to make a show about it, you better make it funny. Or yeah. I'm just going to be sitting there thinking, oh, my God, if this happened to me, if if the world was going to end in a month, what would I do? Like, <laughs> it, and it, it's it was there were dramatic parts in it where like it was pulling on heartstrings and and like the 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 do- the mother son relationship with Rhonda and her kid that she's protecting, like that, that's not what the show should be, or it's not at least what the show presented itself to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I will give the, there was one funny part that made me. I, I don't know, short, that, that burstful laugh out loud where the, the, everybody starts pillaging and, 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 and a bunch of the nuns and, and priests are walking out of the Vatican and you see like the crowd and there's a guy way in the back and he's wearing a sandwich board that says the end is nigh and then the camera does it. I mean, I don't know if they did it on purpose, but it pans up just enough to see the sign that he's holding in his hand that says, I told you so. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> That's but funny. it was way in the background. <laughs> I, I this this the show, show needs levity. Like it, it is, it is with this cast especially. Like is just dying for levity. Yeah, it and has some real comedic talents on it that mm-hmm. are being criminally underused, at least in this first episode. Very and, much. So. But I mean, again, this was a pilot episode, so let's. Uh, you know, let's let's see where it goes from here. I I was I was definitely really interested in what was happening. I was I invested like, enough. But I uh, felt like each of the storylines could have been their own show. That they didn't necessarily have to take all of them and shove them all together. Well, let's see how they tie it together. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like that's going to end up being the point of the show. Is like I like that you know they. It's not just a show about the end of the world that's all in America. <laughs> you know, like if well, if, is, if is it, it was at the America? end of the we don't it's know not. Where I mean, I think that well the prison part is in America. Then the is banker okay. guy yeah, yeah, it is, yeah, they're all American. The banker goes in, in England and the 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 religious people are in Italy. And I feel like if it was the end of the world, it would affect the entire world, not just mm-hmm. America. So I want to see like all the well, different. Well, they parts all of end the up in the same bunker, and right. if I'm not mistaken, he says it's un- under someplace in London. It's in Slough, which is outside of London. There you go. Um, and that's interesting. Like, if that's where the show's going, how these people all got together—that I want to—that I want to know. Mm. Um, I'm looking at the IMDb description here, and it does say 30 minutes, which leads me to believe that it's a half-hour comedy, but it also says comedy slash drama. Uh, dramedy. Mm. But, you know, I mean, I'll I'll take a dramedy as long as the comedy makes it worth yeah. it. Yeah. It's going to need a little bit more comedy to be a comedy slash drama. But if it does that, then, uh, then I'll be okay. Yeah, because right now it's just a quirky drama, and that's not what I'm after. I want... I want these people, these people to genuinely, and these characters, like the characters, not even just the actors playing them, but the characters that they've created for these actors to play are creating good situations for comedy. 
uh, like there is there's a lot of opportunity for for real laughs here. So mm-hmm. I am I am hopeful that that is where it goes. I think one of the most interesting aspects of it to me is that this is a co-production between an American network and a British company. And I mean, we've seen co-productions uh, like this on cable before, but never on a network. Um, and I, t- in my experience, it's always been, you know, for the better things that are co-produced um, with some British element to it. So that's a that's a mark in its favor. That's true. I, I'm looking. I'm looking at the IMDb, and there's there's a quote here. And this is this was a bit of comedy that I caught that just it missed the the funny because of the surrounding story. It's Father Jude Rob Lowe is talking to Sister Celine. It says, "Let me ask you: Do you find the phrase Christ on a bike offensive? <laughs> because I just used it in a meeting, and it, you would have thought I performed an abortion on a table or something." <laughs> Sister Selena replies, "Well, I suppose the image of Christ riding a bicycle could seem a little bit re- disrespectful." Father Jude replies, "Really? Because I think he'd be very likely to ride a bike. He seems like that kind of guy to me. I mean, what else would he show up in a stretch Hummer? That's funny. That that." phrase that whole paragraph right there missed it it wasn't it didn't hit because it was a it it was in the wrong place hold that for the next episode when you start getting lighter and and at one point in the the coming attraction if you will or the sneak peek of next week's episode like rob lowe is being full-on rob lowe like he's being funny at some point in time he looks straight into the camera says i have no idea what i'm doing like stuff like that like that's what the show needs to be and hopefully they'll get there so yeah and there's some people that are you know i'm looking forward in the cast to later episodes um that are in the cast that i'm really what's her name's husband shows up um the woman that you just it's from from <laughs> oh my goodness my okay oh nick offerman offerman shows up at some point yes in time. <laughs> i've seen him in the commercials diana rig nice is, is enlisted in the cast and uh somebody whose name i don't know but whenever i see her face i go oh that girl uh is nina sasa oh look i'm evan uh, <laughs> Sausalito. <laughs> uh, Nina Sosania, I'm gonna guess. Uh, she she apparently plays a U.S. Marshal in this show. She, if you look at her face, you'd be like, I know that girl. Where do you, I know her from? Well, you maybe know her from Love Actually, where she plays the uh, the Prime Minister's assistant who says that his girlfriend's got to, uh, you know, uh, ooh, would we call her chubby? <laughs> <laughs> she prompts that line, and she's also in an episode of uh, Doctor Who. Uh, a notorious episode of Doctor Who called Fear Her. She's the girl's mom. And that's just a little bit of trivia that no one needed to know from me to you. <laughs> that's, the, that's the English side of the cast. Yeah. Well, she apparently plays a U.S. Marshal, so who the fuck knows? I don't that's know. very true. That's true also. Well, I'm hopeful for this show. I'm, I, I, honestly, I'm more I'll hopeful. I'll keep watching it. I'm more hopeful for this show than I am Lucifer, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Um. So Looking I'm forward to that one. crossover. Yeah. <laughs> it could happen. You never know. Um, all right. So recapping, you, me, and the apocalypse. We're being optimistic. Too, too, too soon to say. Too soon to say. All right. Uh, Lucifer, I'm going to also say too soon to say. Um, but outlook <laughs> not good. <laughs> if I look at my shaky eight ball, magic eight ball, all signs point to no. Um, 
Star Wars, we've already exclaimed, is worth watching and The Flash as well. So, yeah. there you go. 50% episode. Every once in a while, you got to have them. <sighs> Chris? Yo. Hit us up with some social media info. Why, sure. You can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on the Twitters. I am at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Evan is at... Geekade underscore Evan. And Karen is at shoot underscore the underscore moon. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and other other, other wonderful podcasts on iTunes and possibly this week even Stitcher, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review, preferably five stars, because any and all feedback, especially good feedback, is welcome and appreciated. Again, Always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every stinking day. Back to you, Evan. Nice uh, uh, subliminal messaging there. <laughs> very well done. I didn't even pick up on it. Pick um, up on what? Exactly. All right. Uh, please check us out. All the social media, everything that we, you know, spew it every week. There's so much good stuff on Geekade. It, it you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't check the rest of it out. So, with that being said, from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. Go Team Venture! Good night. Check out the Spoiler Bros, Episode 1, Hostile Makeover, to find out. Go Team No, absolutely not! What? B-R-O-S period. It's an abbreviation for the word brothers for fuck's sake are you dean <laughs> i read what you write sir i'm so scared god damn that is such a pet peeve of mine it's a it's a trigger so to be sure dean did not put you up to that no <laughs> he loses his fucking mind Apparently. when dean says smash bros <laughs> you said the venture brothers in the middle of that <laughs> statement there Okay. You called it the Venture Brothers! Because that's the name of the show. Okay? I'm not going to defend myself. I fixed it. We're done. Don't make I, episode 20 be our last episode, Chris. I will kiss you full on the mouth, Evan. <laughs> um, can I have my fortune cookie, please? <laughs> Hold on. I got Chinese food before the show and I didn't eat my cookie and now I'm just, I've been wanting it the whole show, but I'm scared. So, are you, My are dads you, are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was a pretty minor character. <laughs> I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait till you finish. <laughs> <laughs> And this concludes our broadcast day.